0: What's going on, Greater Impact Church? I greet you guys in the name and love of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I pray that you guys have had a awesome, blessed, and impactful week, and I pray that you guys are just as equally excited as I am to be here in the presence of the Lord and to be in uh, fellowship with one another, amen? Do me a favor, say to your neighbor, neighbor, it is so good to see you. Do me a favor, say to your other neighbor, neighbor, it's about to get Christmassy up in here. Glory to God. Amen and amen. Well, church, um, we have an exciting and awesome word in store for you today. Um, But of course, before we get into our new series and before we get into the message that God has set apart for us for this week, let us go ahead and open up real quick in prayer to prepare our hearts and minds for the forthcoming of the word of God. Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we come humbled and grateful before your presence again yet on tonight. Father God, we just thank you for the opportunity to be able to gather, to fellowship, to worship, and to be able just to hear from you, O God, to hear your word and to hear what you have in store for us. Father God, we just thank you for your word in its entirety from Genesis through Revelations. And we thank you for the impact that your word has in the hearts and lives of all those who hear and receive from it. Father God, we thank you in this hour, but we thank you in every hour of our lives for the ultimate gift that you had given to us freely, the gift of Jesus Christ, your son. And Lord Jesus, we thank you for willingly coming down to this earth to show us the way to life and for willingly laying down your life that we may have it more abundantly and eternally. And Father, yet again, we also thank you for your Holy Spirit and the many gifts that you have equipped us with through your Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus and the power that is found and contained within the blood of Jesus to break every stronghold, to break every addiction, to make us clean and make us whiter than snow. Father God, we have so many many things to be grateful and thankful for, but yet, oh God, we just thank you because of who you are. Because of who you are, Father, is enough for us. So Father, we bless you, we glorify you, we honor and adore you for you alone, O God, are worthy of it all. Holy is your name, blessed be your name. We lift, exalt, magnify, and glorify your name on high in the mighty name of Jesus. Father God, we pray in agreement that you bless our time together on this evening, Father. Father, we pray that you saturate, soften, and prepare every heart, so God, open every ear gate and eye gate, Father. Let us be fully focused and attentive to your presence and to your spirit that is already at hand, but also let us focus on your word that is about to be sent forth, O God. Father, give us the wisdom, the knowledge, and understanding that we may be able to fully comprehend your ways, O God. And Father, help us to apply this word that you have set apart for us on tonight into every area, every venue, every corner of our lives, oh God. And Father, we pray that you remove from us in this moment every form of distraction. And Father God, we pray that you remove every form of technical difficulty. Father, remove from us anything and everything that the enemy has sent against us, oh God, as in to prevent us from getting this word out. Father God, we plead the blood of Jesus over this worship center. We plead the blood of Jesus over everyone that is here on tonight, O God. And Father, we stand in agreement with your word that says that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. And as always, O God, I pray that I would decrease, that you may increase, and that I would not be heard, but that only you would be heard, speaking, ministering, and proclaiming your word within me and through me. Father, we pray that in all things that we do, that it would be a blessing to you, that it would honor you and glorify you in any way in every way imaginable. Father, we receive these things by faith, and we ask and pray it all in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, who has taught us to pray, and the people of God said, Amen. Amen and Amen. Well, church, are you guys excited for our new series? Glory to God, I pray and hope that you guys are. um, I'm going to be up front with you guys. This series was not one that I intended to preach. Uh, It was literally something that God had given to me last week. And uh, I knew that I was going to preach something in regards to the Christmas season. But what I had originally thought I was going to preach, God came... Last weekend changed my whole perspective and gave me a whole new series to preach to you guys. so um, whenever God does that, I know that it's on, it's on purpose. number one, number two, I know that he has something great in store so I'm excited to see exactly what God has up his sleeve and I'm looking forward to the many testimonies that will come from uh, from you guys as you guys hear and receive the word of God through each message that he has installed for this series. So, amen. Amen. Well, you are you guys excited? If you guys are excited, just give God all the praise. Give him the glory and honor there in the chat. Amen and amen. Let me see them little uh, hand emojis if you can. If you can't, then just do the little stick figure or just say amen either way. um, Definitely would love to see how many of you guys are excited and ready for this word of God. Amen. Amen and amen. Well, before I give you guys my, um, well, the series that we're in, before I give you guys my title, we're going to get into the Word of God in just a second. But the series is called Here Comes Heaven. The series is titled Here Comes Heaven. And through this series, we're going to be looking through the Word of God and we're going to be examining exactly what the word heaven is. Um, of course, you know, we when we hear the word heaven, we ultimately think of the sky or we ultimately think of a place. But what if heaven wasn't just a place? What if instead heaven was more so a person? Or, you know, what if heaven was more so a person? Um, and so through this series, we're going to be looking through the word of God for the next couple of weeks. And we're going to be examining this fact we're going to be examining how heaven is not just a place but it's actually in the form of a person and that person being jesus christ and so uh, we're going to really begin to lay a foundation in this first message on tonight and of course each week after that we'll dig deeper and deeper and deeper into the word of god so that way by the time we come to the end of this series You guys will have that full revelation and understanding of how heaven is not just a place, but it is more so a person and that person being Jesus Christ. Amen. So let's get into the word of God that we can lay a biblical foundation for our message on tonight. So if you guys would please do me a favor, turn your Bibles open to the gospel of Matthew. We're going to be coming out of chapter two, verses one through six. Again, this is the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 2, verses 1 through 6. Now, keep in mind, you, that I read from the ESV version of the Holy Bible, that is the English Standard Version. However, you guys can use whatever translation best suits you or that you're able to best understand and comprehend. But for us here tonight, we're going to be reading from the ESV, again, that is the English Standard Version, and uh, just keep in mind, the wording is different, but the general meaning is the same. So again, the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 2, verses 1 through 6. And the Word of God says, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw a star when it rose, and, and have come to worship him, who will shepherd my people, Israel. Amen. Amen and amen. Here we began to read the introductory stage, or we began to read the opening uh, stages of Jesus' life. And we began to witness the events that had occurred centering around the birth of Christ, which is very significant. See, God had foretold us through the prophet Isaiah that there would be a Messiah, and God began to lay out through the prophet Isaiah what this Messiah would be like, what he would do once he got here, and uh, how he would come about, how they would know he would come. Um, if you go through the latter uh, latter parts of the Gospels and they, you go and study the book of Revelations, um, you get signs. And you, you get signs of what will signal the return of Jesus. I believe this was maybe towards the end of Matthew where Jesus tells his uh, closest followers what would signal his return because they questioned him. They said, well, Lord, how will we know when you are about to come back? And Jesus said there will be wars and 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 rumors of wars and there will be famines and great pestilences and there would be a lot of calamity and division. And, you know, he just went on. He began to say there'd be uh, earthquakes and there would be signs that would go in the heavens. And then Jesus made sure he added this cliff note that when you see these things happen, just know that the the return of the son of man is near the return my return is near when you see these things but also know and understand that it's just the beginning of the birth pains so just as god in the beginning had given signs through the prophet isaiah what would occur upon the arrival of jesus his son on the earth um he gave again and uh, latter in the latter parts of the Gospels, signs that would occur, that would signal the rapture, the return of His Son Jesus Christ to the earth. But that's not what I want to talk to you guys today about. Today I want to talk to you solely about the birth of Christ. But I also want to talk to you about how heaven. Um, I, I want to talk to you about how heaven is not just a place, but it is also, it's more so a person. Amen. So one thing I want to point out in chapter two, verses one through six, is we see the wise men. These are the first people that we see in the opening of or in the the beginning of Jesus's birth. Now, I'm pretty sure most of us here, if not all of us, have seen a nativity scene. Um, if not, then maybe you can just look at the, uh, you know, if you haven't seen the banner that popped up, maybe you can go ahead and open a new tab and Google it real quick um, you know, and look at the images. So basically the nativity scene is something that you could possibly find in somebody's yard. You can find it in front of a church building, um, or you could just find it on social media, Christmas cards, or you could just Google it and find it that way. But a nativity scene is basically, it's, it's a picture. It's an image of what happened at the birth of Christ. And we'll get to that in just a little bit. But see, You can't have or hear about the birth of Christ without hearing about the wise men. It says that there were a group of people, there was a group of wise men who were on watch. And the reason why I say they were on watch is because they saw the star pop up. They saw the star pop up and immediately they began their journey one thing i want you guys to understand is that we always talk about the journey of the wise men we always talk about the wise men and how they offered up gifts of myrrh and and incense and all of this other stuff to jesus but what we fail to realize is this the wise men when they traveled they took between 50 to 60 days to complete their journey It took them 50 to 60 days to complete their journey. So it took them about a couple of months just to get to where they were going to fulfill the vision that they were looking for. So that tells me that the Christmas star had been in the sky for some time. So this tells us that the Christmas star, the sign of God had been in the sky for some time as to signal or to alert them about the fulfillment of his promise that he made so many years ago through the prophet Isaiah. Now, the reason why I say these men were keeping watch is because had they not been keeping watch, they would never have known that this was the sign that God had foretold them about in the book of Isaiah. So they were keeping watch. And when they saw the star, they're like, wait, that don't look right. That's out of the ordinary. That's not normal. That looks different. What does this mean? Oh, let me go to the word of God. Let me open up the scroll. Let me open up the book of the prophet Isaiah. And let me see what this means. And so they were in the word of God and because they were in the word of God, they were able to properly identify exactly what that meant. And so they began their journey. They began their journey and it took them 50 to 60 days to complete that journey. When King Herod heard of the newborn King, he immediately became threatened and tried to get the wise men to lead him to the baby Jesus. See, this is the thing that I want you guys to understand. The reason why King Herod was so threatened is not because Jesus was just a Messiah, but because he was referred to as the King. In fact, he was referred to as the Prince of Peace or the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And we hear this reference many times throughout the Gospels and throughout the Word of God. But one thing, King Herod did not want there to be another king because see, he had a pride issue. Say to your neighbor, neighbor, he had a pride issue. Herod wanted to be the only king. And so if there was a threat of a new king, he would annihilate them or try to at least so that he can make sure that his law is rule, uh, that his rule of law is effective. Right. So. When he heard news of the newborn king, he immediately tried to find out exactly where the king was so that he could have him killed. So then, what begins to happen is now the wise men have confronted him and asked him, Where is Jesus? And yet, he's like troubled. But even in the midst of him being troubled, he does not let his His guests know that he's troubled. Instead, he tries to manipulate them to give him the details of the location of where the baby Jesus is in hopes that he can send an army to kill him. But yet instead, the wise men educated Herod about Jesus. They educated Herod about Jesus, but never allowed Herod to have access to the newborn king. Because if you read in a different version of the gospel, maybe like uh, Mark, Luke, or John, it tells you in there that they knew exactly what he wanted to do. They knew exactly, they knew exactly what Herod was up to. They knew that he would be threatened. They knew that he would want to kill the baby Jesus because he was threatened in his pride. He was threatened in his pride. In Matthew chapter 2, if you read down in a couple latter verses, so if you read from verses 7 on down, you began to read exactly what happened after that. We, uh, The wise men find their way to Jesus, and as they find their way uh, to Jesus in Bethlehem in a manger, what begins to happen is they offer gifts of myrrh and frankincense and all other uh, types of things to him uh, because they know who he is. They know exactly who it is that lays in the manger. They know exactly who it is that they have come so far and for so long to visit. Now, let me ask you, if this was you, let me ask you two questions. If this was you, would you, number one, would you be able to properly identify the signs in accordance to the word of God about the fulfilling of his promise, sending sending Jesus to or sending Jesus back to the earth? That's number one. Number two, I ask would you, um, what would you do? Would you Would you be willing to take the journey to go see Jesus or would you make every excuse not to? Hold those two thoughts and think about them as we go through this message on tonight. My message title for tonight is Heaven on Earth. That's our title for tonight, Heaven on Earth. Heaven on Earth. The first thing that I want to tell you guys is this, he is with you. That's my first point. He is with you. Say to your neighbor, neighbor, he is with you. See, it always amazes me every year how so many people get stressed out. It amazes me how every year we get so upset and we cut, we we get aggressive in traffic and, you know, we get road rage even and and, and we get uh, even road rage in the store. Uh, Pastor Laura knows exactly what I'm talking about, glory to God. Where you can't even hold hands if you're a couple or if you're married with your spouse because you got people just slowly walking or you got people in a rush to get to whatever store it is that they're trying to get into. And they all have the same goal in mind. And the goal they have in mind is to get the best gift for their significant other or for their loved one. But what we fail to realize is that as we stress to get our child, as we stress to get our loved ones, as we stress to get our spouse, the best gift we always forget to remind them of the best gift that has always already been given to them freely. The price has already been paid for it. Um, all they have to do is receive it. We oftentimes stress out over the holiday season because you know. Uh, all the stores are jam-packed, especially now in this season, seeing how in most states, if not all states in the country, have now reduced capacity for retail establishment. So only X amount of people are allowed in at a time. So now you're having to wait in longer lines. You have to wait in more than one line just to get into the store that you want to get into, just to find out the thing that you wanted to get is no longer there. It is indeed sold out. And we stress out. We stress out because we couldn't get our child that one thing that he or she wanted. We stress out because we couldn't get our spouse that one thing that he or she wanted. We stress out because of the pandemic. We stress out because of a lack of money. We stress out because of furloughment. We we, we stress out because of being laid off. We 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 get we stressed out be over our businesses, closing, and so on and so on and so on. But we always fail to remind ourselves and others that. Of this one simple truth that he is with us. Oh, you don't believe me? Okay, let me show you in the word of God where it says it. Turn open your Bibles. Actually, if you go back a chapter. So go to Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1 verse 23. Matthew chapter 1 verse 23. It says, behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. So Jesus is referred to. So, to give you a little background of this text, um, that passage that I just read to you was actually quoting the prophet Isaiah. Again, this was another. Um, this was another clue that god had given to us through the prophet isaiah that was now being recited i believe in this in this point by an angel the angel gabriel who appeared to the virgin mary to basically tell her what was about to happen what god was about to do through her and in her life and one thing that i liked about mary one thing that i loved about mary was that she was like are you sure god wants to use me are you sure that god wants to use me And Gabriel reminds her of this and basically tells her that she is blessed amongst all other women. And what Mary's response after that says a lot about her character, but it also says a lot about her faith because she said, so let it be done to me. Let it be unto me then. Let it be unto me, how many of you here tonight can actually say that? because see what we fail to realize is that sometimes God puts us in a position or what God wants to do in our lives it puts us in a position to where we will naturally be rejected by others see you got to understand that back in the day and that type of community having sex outside of marriage was not just frowned upon it was a crime it was it was a um it was a huge embarrassment to, for a woman to have become pregnant outside of marriage. She would be known as a, 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 uh, excuse my language, but she would be known as a whore, um, as it would say in the word of God, she would be known as someone that was not godly, right? She was looked at as a prostitute, right? So God was putting Mary in a position to where she would be questioned because they would not be able to understand how a woman could become pregnant without sexual intercourse. And this is why Joseph, as he was preparing to take Mary as his wife, he was, he was ready to leave her, not because that she was pregnant, not because he didn't want to pay child support, because he did not want to humiliate her. He did not want to shame her by having her pregnant outside of wedlock and so what god did was god revealed himself to joseph and told joseph not to do that and gave joseph a specific list of instructions that he was to go and follow as in leading mary and leading and and caring for the baby that was on the inside of mary my god my god he is with You. So Jesus, she's now pregnant with Jesus, and now she's beginning her journey with caring and caring for this child that God has put on the inside of her, which is the fulfillment of His promise. But going back to verse 23 of chapter one, it says, "Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel." What does that word emmanuel mean the word emmanuel means god who is with us god who is with us see heaven is often thought of by many as a place if i was to say to you guys heaven the first thing you would think about is this 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 uh place where there's golden streets and there's all white skies and uh there's golden pearly gates and uh Uh, uh, there's a a podium in front of the gates, uh, where some, one of the apostles are standing there ready to see if you're on the list, uh, to let you in or, or to deny you access. And, uh, some of you just think of the actual place, but what if heaven was not just a place? What if it was an actual person? What if heaven wasn't just a place, but what if it was a person, that person being Jesus Christ, see God foretold the prophets about the coming of His Son Jesus, and Israel had been waiting for that moment for their Messiah that their Messiah would come. However, even when He did, when Jesus did come, many didn't receive Him because He wasn't what they expected. See, they expected Jesus to be this this King and this ruler, right? And which he is a king, in which he is a ruler. He's the Lord of lords and King of kings, but that's not what they perceived. They were not perceiving it in the natural, or in the uh, spiritual, my bad. They were not uh, perceiving it in the spiritual. They were more, more so perceiving it in the natural. Their belief was that the king, the Messiah, would set his rule, set his kingdom up on the earth from day one. And they believed that when the Messiah would come, that he would deliver them from all political oppression from the Romans. They thought that Jesus would have established his throne on the earth before it was established in the kingdom of God. This is what they thought. But to only find out their expectations and their thoughts were not the same as God's. And then it left them disappointed. And that's why even to this day, you have so many Jews that don't believe that Jesus Christ was the Messiah because he did not match up to their, percep- their, their percep- uh, perspective. He did not match up to their perspective. He did not match up to what they thought, Key word here, thought he would be. And so because of that, they found themselves in a place of disappointment. Have you found yourself in a place of disappointment because something did not match up to your expectations? Have you found yourself in a place of disappointment with God because maybe what you thought he would do was not the same as what he did do? Have you found yourself in a place of disappointment because um, you you thought heaven was one thing, but in reality, it's something completely different? See, we got to stop developing our own perspectives and expectations outside the word of God. Because whenever I develop perspective and expectations outside of the Word of God instead of in accordance to the Word of God, I will always position myself for disappointment. Amen. So it is important that I always make the time and effort to make sure that I am studying and understanding the word of God, that I may develop a perspective that is of God, that I do not find myself in a place of isolation or disappointment because I did it outside of the word of God. We need to stop doing that. My God, he is with you. He is with you, family. When our perception of heaven is fixated on a place rather than a person, Jesus, then we rob ourselves of the opportunity to have the true peace on the earth. See, we talked about earlier how in this season, especially how we stress out. And then because we stress out, we burn out. But we don't have to this time of year or any time of the year. We don't have to, but apostle, you don't know what my job is. I don't care if you were the president of the United States, you don't have to stress out because the truth be told, the peace of God is offered to you right now. You don't have to wait to get to a place to get the peace of God. You can have the peace of God right where you are right now. Say that to your neighbor, neighbor, you can have the peace of God right now. And the only reason why you don't have the peace of God is because you don't want it. Because if you wanted it, you would go after it. And if you wanted it, you would be in the Word of God, praying and asking God to show you the way to true peace. So you can't sit here and tell me that you don't have peace because you don't uh, because you want it. Because if you wanted it, you would go after it. And you got to understand that if you study the Word of God and you read the Word of God in its context, you will come to the conclusion that heaven is not a place, but it is in the form of a person my God. So when I say go after it, what I'm saying is go after Jesus. The Bible says that he can give us a peace in which surpasses all understanding. So if you want that peace, you don't have to wait to get to a place. You have to get to Jesus. My God. Say to your neighbor, neighbor, you got to get to Jesus. You need peace, get to Jesus. Your marriage needs peace, get to Jesus. When you get to Jesus, that's when you, will find the true everlasting peace that only God can offer to you my God but I tell you friends I tell you brother I tell you sister that you can have peace even while here on the earth oftentimes I've heard people say that say things such as I can't wait to get to heaven I can't wait to get to heaven talking about the place but but think of it this way What sense does it make? What sense does it make that God would only offer you peace and death? That makes no sense to me. Because if you go in the Old Testament, you see where there was a prophet by the name of Jeremiah. Uh, uh, Was it Jeremiah? Not Jeremiah. Uh, There was a prophet by the name of uh, um, Elijah. There we go. There was a prophet by the name of Elijah. Glory to God. And he was very distraught because of a woman who, uh, a woman who had a spirit upon her, a spirit of manipulation by the name of Jezebel. And Jezebel was a pagan. And because um, God, uh, because uh, Elijah spoke against Jezebel, uh, she vowed to kill the prophet and make him suffer. And she she vowed to kill him in a specific way that troubled him and even got him to be fearful. But even while Elijah had that thought, if I could just die, then I would have peace. What did God do? God sent a raven that was to feed him, and God sent him an angel that was to care for him. My God. So, listen to me, family. God was giving peace to the prophet in the midst of adversity. God was giving peace to the prophet, to the man of God in the midst of trouble. God was giving reassurance to the troubled man who has now positioned him to a, uh, position himself to a place where he no longer wants to live. Is that you? Maybe you're here tonight. Maybe you're listening to this later. Maybe you're in a place where you are so distraught because life and the things of life have gotten the best of you to now where all you wanna do is die but don't you understand that's exactly what the enemy wants you to do the enemy wants you to die because the enemy knows that once you die your mission is complete my god so he wants you to prematurely end your life so that you don't fulfill that in which god has destined you to fulfill you gotta stop letting the 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 christmas season stress you out and 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 instead let it bless you out i say that again You need to stop letting the Christmas season stress you out and start letting it to bless you out, my God. Because the truth be told, when God gave us the birth of his son, Jesus, he did not give us Jesus to be stressed, but he gave us Jesus that we may have peace and peace more abundantly. My God, my God, my God, hear me, family. God did not just give you Jesus to have you wait to get to the end of your life in order to receive the fulfillment that is found within Jesus. I tell you, family, I tell you, brother, I tell you, sister, that you can have the peace of God right here. And now you just have to receive it. You don't have to wait to get to a place. You got to get to the person. Say that to your neighbor. Neighbor, you ain't got to get to the place. You got to get to the person. Amen. Because when you get to the person, he will get you to the place. My God. When you get to the person, when you get to Jesus, he will get you to the place. So many of you are caught up in your works because you're trying to work your way into heaven. Why do you think the word of God says things that it's not by our works that we are saved, but it is only through Christ Jesus that we are saved? Because it's not about the place. It is about the person. My God. My God. What we fail to realize is that heaven is found within Jesus. Heaven is found within Jesus. My God. Which leads me to my next point. My next point is this. He is for you. Say that to your neighbor. Neighbor, He is for you. Turn your Bibles open to the gospel of John chapter 14 verses 2 through 3. Again, that's the gospel of John chapter fourteen, verses two through three. It says In my father's house, these this was Jesus. <clears throat> he said, In my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have come or what I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, key word here, and will take you to myself, that where I am you may be also. Amen. Amen. My God, he is for you. Jesus shows us a glimpse of heaven, the place. Jesus illustrates the kingdom of God, uh, the kingdom of God as a house with many rooms. And Jesus gives us the reassurance that he goes and prepares a place for us. And he, he even reminds us that if these things were not so, he would never have come in the first place. My God. Jesus tells us that he isn't just taking us to a place. He is first taking us unto himself. He says, so that you can be where I am. That's the key phrase right there. So that you can be where I am. Heaven is not the place. It is a person. Amen. Amen and amen. Jesus prepares a place for you. In the kingdom of God. The moment that you accept Christ as your Lord and Savior and repent of your sins and and, and surrender everything through Him and to Him, what begins to happen is He prepares a place for you. For every person whose name is recorded in the book of life, there is a place prepared specifically for them. There is a place in the kingdom of God specifically prepared for those who call upon the name of Jesus Christ. My God. My God. One thing I want you to understand, family, is this. You can't have full access to the kingdom of God without receiving full access to Jesus Christ. I say that again. You cannot, you can't have full access to the kingdom of God without receiving full access to Jesus Christ. Let me ask you, what access do you currently have? What access are you seeking out? Because sometimes we try to seek out the get to the place because we don't want to go to the other place. But what you fail to realize is that if you live your entire life without Jesus Christ, you aren't going to get to the place. Because Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man come to the Father lest he come through me. So you the only way to the place is through Jesus. And if you're currently living your life in a way that is unpleasing to God, if you currently live your life in a way that is not glorifying Jesus, if you're currently living your life without Jesus, then why would you think that you would be able to get to a place where you you are eternally in the presence of God when you live your life on the earth eternal or when you live your life on the earth separated from God? So let me ask you, are you separated or are you connected to God? Your level of stress is indication of that. Your your lack of peace is indication of where you stand with God. Now, when I say that you have or you will have the peace of God, that doesn't mean that you won't cry. That doesn't mean that you won't feel pain. That doesn't mean that you won't grieve. That doesn't mean that you 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 always have a smile on your face, that you won't get upset, you won't get annoyed, you won't get angry. That's not what that means. But what it does mean is that you will be in a place that when you go through those things, when you go through those situations, you have peace. And because you have peace, you don't act out. So, for example, for the person who is angry, when they have peace, the peace of God, they don't try to find a way to get even. They let God, they just pray it out. For the person who is upset because someone in their life, uh, their loved one just passed, let's say, let's say their loved one just passed. They don't try to um, find ways to hurt God, but instead they embrace God and they let God embrace them. Amen, and the list goes on and on and on and on and on. But we must understand that God is for us, and because He is for us, that does that that means that He would not make us wait to the end of our lives in order to receive His peace. He offers His peace now, and I know I keep saying that, but I want to paint that picture for you, and I want you to get that in your head. Because He is for you, He has offered you His peace. Now, even while you are in a place of adversity, even while you are in a place of division, even while you are in a place of separation, God has still offered you his peace because he is for you. Because God, uh, Jesus is the fulfillment of God's faithfulness. Amen. Jesus is the fulfillment of God's faithfulness. So whenever you look at Jesus, let that be a reminder of the faithfulness of God, because God did not have to send his only begotten son down to the earth to do anything. But yet, because God loved us so much, he did it anyway. So Jesus, my friends, I tell you, is the fulfillment of God's faithfulness. And lastly, uh, for this, I will tell you, because God is faithful and has proven himself to be for us, we can have access to heavenly things here on the earth because God is faithful, you have access to heavenly things here on the earth. You don't have to wait to get to the end of your life in order to receive the blessings and the promises of God. Amen. So lastly, I say this to you, receive it now. Say to your neighbor, neighbor, receive it now, my God. The word says that when Jesus was on the cross, he could have summoned a legion of angels to come to his aid. We have been given similar access through acceptance of Christ. You have been given similar access to that through Christ Jesus. Amen. In the book of Revelation, it teaches us that we have been given charge over the angels. Amen. Think about this. When you pray and you ask God for something, an angel is dispatched to your aid. There have been many testimonies of people that have gotten in bad, uh, bad accidents and um, people have been faced uh, in, in, in adversity or have been faced with trouble. And yet angels have come to their aid, have come to their rescue. The book of Revelation teaches us that we have been given charge over the angels. So when we ask and pray things in the name of Jesus, things happen for us because at the name of Jesus, the angels take charge. So when the name of Jesus is written on the inside of your heart, the angels will take charge. Is the name of Jesus written on the inside of your heart? Is the name of Jesus programmed into your DNA? See, what you got to understand is that The name of jesus is the name that is above every name what you got to understand is that the name of jesus will give you access to heavenly things even while you're on the earth and what i also want you to understand is that through jesus we have full access to the presence of god through jesus we have peace and which surpasses all understanding through Jesus, we have a defense system like none other. There is no attack that the enemy can send against you that will prevail. There is no demon or devil in hell that can come against you when Jesus is with you, when Jesus is in uh, within you, when Jesus is in your corner. There is nothing in this earth or out of this earth that can be against you. The Bible says that if God be for you, then who dare, who can be against you? You have a defense system like no other. So because you have a defense system like no other, my question then becomes, why do you live a defeated life when you are guaranteed to live a victorious life through Jesus Christ? Lastly, I say this, you don't have to wait. I I say it again. You don't have to wait to get to the place. Jesus never referred to heaven as heaven. He referred to it as paradise. Jesus referred to heaven as paradise. Paradise is a place. Heaven is a person. You can have it now. You just got to receive it by faith. Amen. Amen and amen. Church, did you receive this word on tonight? If you receive this word, give God all the praise. Give him all the glory and honor for he is worthy of it all. Amen. Amen and amen and amen. Well, I pray that you guys were blessed and impacted by the word of God. As always, I would definitely love to hear um, your comments, your your, your questions, even um, your concerns, even. Um, but I also would love to hear your feedback. If this message blessed you, let me know in the chat that it blessed you. If you have questions, let me know what your questions are. If you have any concerns, let me know what those are as well. I would be more than glad to converse with you and uh, discuss with you um, and help you have a better understanding of this message on tonight if needed. Amen. Amen and amen. Well, church, before we conclude our worship experience on tonight, we never would like to end or close without giving you the opportunity to commit or recommit your life to Christ Jesus. As I said, you don't have to wait to get to paradise in order to receive the peace of God. You can have the peace of God through heaven, the person, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen and amen. If you wish to commit or recommit your life to Christ, the word of God says that you must believe in your heart that he is Christ, that he died for your sins and on the third day raised to life again and ascended uh, into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. And is soon to come again. And it says, when you profess these things with your mouth, the word of your testimony, then you shall be saved. And I'll take it a a little bit further. Uh, Also in the word of God, it says that... um, whoever the sun sets free is free indeed. It says that, but it also says that, um, we can have that peace of God. We can have that peace in which surpasses all understanding. Maybe you were that one in the message. Uh, maybe you're that person that can relate to the message because you currently have gone through a lot of stress. Maybe you're that one person that had that perspective of that. Heaven is just a place. And the only way for you to receive true peace is to get to that place. Um, But I pray that you have that revelation now, that you can have that same peace through Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Amen? Amen and amen. Um, If you wish to commit or recommit your life to Christ tonight, click on that raised hand button there in the chat. Let us know that you're making that decision to accept and receive Christ Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. It doesn't matter what side of the fence you're on. It doesn't matter what your circumstance or situation currently looks like. The only thing that matters is that you're willing to confess your sins before God and that you are willing to accept Christ as your Lord and Savior and live your life for him to the best of your ability. Amen. Um, So again, if you wish to commit or recommit your life to Christ, click on that raised hand button, receive Christ now and receive your peace and return. Amen. Amen. And amen. Join me in this simple prayer. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you died for me. I believe on the third day that you raised to life, you ascended into heaven, and you are soon to come back again. Lord Jesus, I receive you as my Lord and Savior, and I repent of my sins. Lord Jesus, remember me and record my name in your book of life, but also make your home in my heart and help me to develop a personal, intimate relationship with you and the Father through you. Lord Jesus, help me to receive the peace that only you can offer me. Help me, Lord, in every corner, in every venue, in every area of my life. Help me to lift you up in all things, as to bless you and glorify you in every way possible. Lord Jesus, make your home in my heart. I receive you as my Lord and Savior, and I repent of my sins. In your most holy and precious name, I pray in Jesus' name, amen.